I think everybody should just take some mushrooms and figure it out for themselves. So really you ain't gonna hit me back, yeah. Now it's all just you got me on blast, damn. You're over it, I've been done. We're so toxic, can't get enough. Ooh, I'll go and say it like a mantra. You know what you want, do ya? No matter what you tell yourself I should have known that we could We could never be friends I hear you just thought we could But we could never be friends Type of way, well that's fantastic Nothing to something and now it's drastic Don't tell your friends, we're so done It never ends, you having fun Ooh, I'll go and say it like a mantra You know what you want, do ya? Uh -huh. Oh hell no, I won't play the monster No matter what you tell yourself Welcome back, ladies and gentle folks. This is No Stone Unturned, episode 15. I am your host, Cynic. <laughs> From Z, no, I am Z, no. From Sector 4. <laughs> I'm Cynic, joined by my co-host, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the man himself. Load him up, let's go, yee! <laughs> folks. Today is a milestone for us. We've reached episode 15, and this will be our actual final episode for season one. So just a quick thank you to everyone who's joined us for the uh, duration. And we got uh, some cool stuff in store for season two. So and tell your friends and your loved ones and your kitty cats. Mm -hmm. Don't forget the domesticated dogs. But I, I uh, echo that same sentiment. I definitely want to thank everybody for uh, hanging tight with us throughout this ride. We have a whole bunch of exciting new things that we want to bring to you in season two. Me and me and Seneca have been, um, you know, racking our brains just to make sure that this is a, an experience that everybody enjoys. So you guys are you guys are day ones. That's what we call you. Right. Because when this, you know, continues <laughs> progressing, there's going to be like people like, yo, I've been no stone and turn fan. Yo, yo, since 2020. No, you guys are really day ones, <laughs> you know, and, and we can't thank you enough. And and definitely come back and, and see what we got for season two because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Agreed. So um, today, before we get to the fun fact, we are talking about Scientology. Tremendo mierda. You know it. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite cult. Tremendo mierda. Guayaba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this should be a, an interesting episode i guess by now a lot of people have watched L leah remini's uh documentary yep 
So if you didn't know about Scientology, you might know, I hope so, you know something about it now. And today we're going to just shoot the shit and see what uh, funny things we, we, we found on the interwebs. Awesome, dude. So let's get into it. This episode's fun fact is the FBI investigated Scientology for human trafficking, which I thought was interesting because we just got off a of human trafficking and missing persons episode. So I was like, let's fucking tie oh, yeah, to win. Yeah. And this is what she says. The church has been accused of enslaving members. Indeed, there have often been allegations that it's nearly impossible to leave the church once you join. There have also been reports of violence from church officials, all which have prompted the FBI to investigate the ways in which members might be controlled and coerced into staying. So Scientology themselves mm -hmm. have been investigated by the Big Brother FBI for human trafficking and having people stay longer than they wish. I don't think anybody's surprised mm -hmm. to hear that based on what we've learned about Scientology in the last yeah. few years. But I thought that that was pretty shitty and wanted to bring some awareness to it. Fun fact. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I was uh, At first I was a little surprised, but um, I'm not sure why. Uh, I know that I did hear uh, or saw something about that in one of those documentaries. There was some story that was making the rounds for a while of some lady who uh, tried to escape, I, th I think. Mm. Um, and I guess I guess they tracked her down, they meaning Scientology. And uh, I think she ended up dead. I, I don't know the story. I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't come prepared, <laughs> prepared to talk about it. But yeah, it makes sense that they could be under the spotlight for that one. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily... Maybe human trafficking in how we covered it last, but mm -hmm. it's still along the lines where they're doing shady shit. You know, they're really deciding the path that people's life should go in when somebody should have that decision for themselves. Yeah. And then they're living in shitty conditions. You know, we're going to get into yeah. it, but for as much money as these, I don't want to say motherfuckers, but I'm going to say motherfucker because this is a podcast <laughs> and that's the point of this motherfucking thing, right? For as much money these motherfuckers demand from their the people that are in the church, uh, you would think that they would, and I mean, it's billions of dollars when it's all tallied up, but you would think that they would treat their people better. And in some cases, you know, that's that's not the case. So, Yeah. So we have a, a couple of different, different angles, right? A couple of different things to look into. Do you want, I, I can start with L. Ron Hubbard, if let's you get like. It, let's get yeah, it from the let's, top. Let's do that. I like it. So Lafayette, Ron Hubbard, yes, L stood for Lafayette. He is the um, founder, I guess, the imaginator of Scientology. This dude was uh, apparently born in Nebraska in 1911. <laughs> and uh, there's an interesting story with him, like, right from the get-go. Uh, he was controversial, you know, even before he started with all of this um, Scientology stuff. And on a side note, I remember when we still lived in New York, seeing, you know how you remember certain commercials, mm -hmm. you know, from your childhood. And I remember the Dianetics commercial. No way. And I, I, had, I had no idea what it was, of course. I just always remember seeing this goddamn volcano and, and this, this Dianetics word, you know, dropping down Dianetics. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, I And I didn't know until many, I was an adult, when I heard Dianetics, the word again, and realized the context. Um, but yeah, it was all over the TV 
back then. That's weird, man. I never remembered it. I, you know, when I started learning about it, to be honest, is when I mean, I I learned about it a little bit when Tom Cruise went crazy and he jumped on the couches and shit. I, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then when Leah put it on blast, but I never actually actually remember hearing or, or seeing commercials like you did. So that must have mm. been pretty weird to later find out yeah. that they're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, and and just to realize that they've been, you know advertising and like on the stage in the public eye or whatever yeah for that long was also a bit weird so yeah this dude um like i said was controversial from the beginning he uh was uh, from a very young age known to be a liar (laughs) like he would just straight up make up lies you know every kid makes up stories with their imagination or whatever but I guess he took it to another level. I mean, from what I read, uh, obviously, I didn't know the dude. But um, he would he would tell stories like um, claim to have been the youngest Eagle Scout in history, which was a bold-faced lie. Um, he would tell stories about having met a medicine man when he was four years old um, and that him and that medicine man became uh, blood brothers. He had a story about having met a Lama priest during a tour in Asia um, where he lived <laughs> where he lived as an outlaw in Tibet. What the fuck? I mean, th- this guy, yes, he was a fiction story writer, storyteller. He wrote, he was like a prolific author of fiction books. Yo, you remember, I don't mean, <laughs> you remember my no. buddy? I'm not going to say his name because maybe one day he goes back and he listens to this. And we used to call him a pathological liar. You remember that guy? Oh, yeah. I do remember who you're referring to. <laughs> this guy was definitely in Scientology, bro. <laughs> from the sounds of Was it. he really? Oh, from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, because that dude was, was... Yeah, I remember. I, I wish I could remember an actual lie, but I just kind of remember more the feeling of, jeez, this dude is... There were so many, and I, I can't say that I remember one, but I just remember you guys telling me, bro, that guy is bad news. This guy will lie about the color of his underwear when we can very easily just tell him to put up a shirt and we can fact check it. <laughs> but yeah, he was a he was crazy. Busted again. But go ahead. I'm sorry, man. You know, I always got to jump Yeah, in so um, that was uh, him in his younger, younger days. And then later, he would eventually join the Navy. And in the Navy, uh, he had an... Uh, some more very strange and interesting tales uh, talking about having uh, been awarded more than 20 medals. Um, he never, he never saw combat. So, <laughs> uh, and in matter of fact, he actually received four medals, uh, none of which were combat related. So um, there was that. And uh, I know there's another interesting nugget here. There was some weird thing that I came across that he was apparently doing when he was in the Navy, like on the ship. He, because apparently he had like, a, like real self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. And at least according to what I read, the, the thought was that he would make up these stories uh, to, kind of, to kind of boost his self-esteem. Yeah? And he would like actually make these stories up and buy into these stories and really, you know, delve into them. Well, that's the problem with people that really have a problem with lying is that they'll start saying the lie long enough that they start believing it, which is the most dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. And this is just a perfect example of that where somebody 
had you know his reason because of self-esteem issues but he would he would say the lie so much he would want want things to be different so bad that he actually would start believing them mm -hmm, exactly and he was doing stuff like writing messages um write write messages to himself like i can have no doubts in my psychic powers or men are your slaves and like people would find these messages that he would write apparently for himself as i don't know like little mantras or something wow. <laughs> the dude was weird he was just straight up weird yeah. um he he eventually meets uh some dude who i think is really only interesting to the story because a it was when when this guy Elron Hubbard decided to try some do some strange ritual together with this dude, um, a ritual that supposedly was meant to summon the Antichrist. Um, and the second reason this guy that he met is is interesting is because Elron uh, Hubbard would later basically take this guy's girlfriend and run away with her. Mr. Steve. <laughs> so the guy's name was. <laughs> wow. The guy's name was Jack uh, Parsons. Okay, classic me and took your bitch. I mean, he took yeah. Oh, and he took twenty thousand dollars from him. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, bro. This guy is a work of art. <laughs> I, I'm sure these things weren't out when when it was going on, you know, or maybe it was mm. harder to fact check this guy because it wasn't Google back then. It's easy for us to put mm. in his name and find these things out, but when this guy's living his life. I guess people are giving them, you know, benefit of the doubt. But man, were they wrong? <laughs> I'm sure some were, um, but there were also some some there's some stories of him actually being laughed out of certain situations. Um, there's some story about him because he created these. You, I don't know if you're going to get into it later, but um, these e-meter things where people are supposed to hold on to these cans, mm -hmm. kind of can-looking things. Uh, he created that back in the in the day already, and there are stories of him trying to like connect it to like a tomato and trying to prove that tomatoes have feelings because you could read it on the e-meter that when people would go to eat a tomato, it would register something. And uh, that made him kind of a laughing stock in certain places, mm. I think in England in particular. So, yeah, some people probably did buy into it or give him the benefit of the doubt, but there were definitely people who saw him for what he was and what i read and this uh, this i'm not too sure about because i've heard two different stories about how he ended up on these ships i first heard some time ago that he ended up on the ships because he was trying to avoid taxes but then i came across a separate story or another view on it was that he was trying to just kind of get away from all of the uh naysayers you know the people who were kind of making fun of him and not believing him and, and, and wanting to go somewhere where he could be amongst, you know, people who would believe in his BS. I don't know. Maybe it's that one. The tax one sounds plausible as well. Either way, he eventually uh, put together a ship or some ships and out on the water crystallized his uh, what would soon be Scientology. Being that right now in the day and age that we live in, we know that Scientologists or the Scientology church how it's viewed is tax exempt because their church and the irs yeah it gives them a break i think every country is different because not they're not recognized as a religion in every country so in the u.s they are and so they're tax exempt yeah. that's why that that first one sounds pretty viable to me yeah because yeah to me it looks too. Like they've been trying to dodge that bullet from 
from the very beginning. And and they got that tax exemption not that long ago. I think it was under this this new dude, this Miscavige dude. Mm. Uh, I think yeah. it was him who who was in charge when that was that, approved. That guy's another fucking nut, bro. Yeah, that dude. That guy's intense. That scary. I I mean, yeah, yeah, he's scary. scary exactly. Man. I get a scary vibe from him just seeing his freaking face. Yeah, creepy. He's like, like you know how you, you know how you would kind of feel when you're looking at someone that you know is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I kind of get that vibe from him. And they're like, yeah, that's the best person to go ahead and be the face of Scientology. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit of background on L. Ron Hubbard and um, how he kind of came up and eventually put together Dianetics. Yeah, this book, which was meant to be, I don't remember the, the full title of the book, but it's some kind of a self-help thing, I, I think. And... Um, from there, I think, is when he really started. He he used all of his fiction writing experience to, to create these stories that would end up being the freaking theology or whatever of, of Scientology. Part of me is like, how can so many people buy into this? But then I think as well that people want something to believe in. And sometimes they can't relate to what's already out there, whether it be Catholic, Christian, whatever whatever you choose. So yeah. then something kind of like left field comes like this. And then, you know, because one of their core principles is is making the world good again. Yeah, they, they, their mission is to save the world. Save the world. Yeah, save which the world. Which is weird. People, yeah. Which is weird because <laughs> the way they go about things, it's very selfish and it's very us. There's nothing about we, <laughs> you know, it's it's us. And then the... the because they're the ones in the know. I don't know, bro. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not saying they're the one. I'm saying they see themselves as the ones in the know. They definitely do. Like, they're the chosen ones. I came across some stuff, bro, that made me a bit... I don't know how I don't know how to describe the feeling, but it was like... I guess it was a bit frustration, a bit disappointment, because I realized that not knowing what, what their dogma is, what their story is. I know a little bit now from doing a bit of research, mm -hmm. but um, this guy using his fiction writing, his fiction writing abilities, basically took, to, took aside from the stuff he made up, he, he would take parts or at least themes from different like kinds of religion, including religions of the East. So some of his stuff, when I read it, was kind of skirting along the the idea or the philosophy of Gnosticism. Mm. And that made me feel really uncomfortable because I was like, this dude is taking something that... That's pure. <laughs> no, not necessarily that it's pure, but it's like... So for me, Gnosticism, without going in depth, into depth into that, you know, what I like about it is that there is no one telling you what is right. You know, for you, it's... You have to go in, you have to find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's basically the point, right? But he took some of those ideas and then just wrapped it into this uh, this story that he made up and incorporated it into this, uh, this ideology or mm -hmm. this religion. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't say specifically, but you can read it and tell it if you know. You know, you can you can see it. Yeah, that some of that stuff um, gets close to it. That bothered me. It definitely is a cult. 
And I think everybody has has been able to kind of see why people would think it's this is cultish. And if you really look at the definition of cult, it states a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. You hear about all these crazy cults and all these crazy leaders that have, you know, this little town up in the mountain. There was a, a documentary, man, I, I didn't know I was going to go this far, so I would have looked at his name, but there's a famous one that there was a big documentary on that I didn't, that I saw not too long ago where there there was even incest going on, like, and they were mm. having sex with 12-year-old little girls. Mm. They were fucking brainwashing people, you know, and they were fucking just trying to disconnect people from the world and, you know, cell phones aren't even a thing there. You know, it's just some of the behaviors of different cults. Um, a lot of those... A lot of those traits you find in Scientology, even the molestation part of it. On Scientology mm-hmm. Season 2, they covered a lot of those things where there's these senior officials that are trusted to be around, you know, these these underage kids, and they're making passes at them. And in some cases, they're, you know, they're they're being successful in their attempt. It's, it's fucking disgusting, dude. It's fucking disgusting. And I think that's Leah's biggest thing. And if for her, it was crazy. For... Me seeing Leah's transformation is interesting because it went from her being a, you know, a person in Scientology that understood what it was about, quote unquote, that, you know, was about the church, that spoke well about them in public, which followed the rules. Because there's footage of her saying that the world is damned if not everybody turns to Scientology, you know, back in the Mm -hmm. day when she was like fucking filming Kings and Queens and shit. Um, And now Mm -hmm. it's obviously completely different. Now she's like, no, I see what it is now. It's definitely a cult. And I have a whole bunch of stories and information that I'm going to tell everybody. And it's what she's doing is interesting because she's doing on such a big stage that it makes her untouchable. Because these are the type of motherfucker cynic that you if you go out against them, if you go against the grain, if you speak against the church, not only do you get something um, called disconnected, you know, that, you know, even your family. So let's say you and I, for example, if we were in Scientology and one day I say, this is bullshit, fuck it. And they're going to say, Cynic, you have to disconnect from your brother. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're family, bro. And now we can't talk. We can't. That right there alone, anything that is very, anything that's wholesome and true shouldn't be putting you in a position where you have to make those decisions. Yeah. Those are the things that for me clearly stand out in terms of the cult, the, the, the cultishness of, of Scientology. There are other things that I was really ready to jump out of my seat when I was hearing you say it because I, I hear them and they sound like they could be any religion. They don't have to be a cult, you know, including the big ones today. But you're I don't right. think we're going to go there in this episode. <laughs> no, but you're right because there's so many parallels. I'm just, we'll leave it there. We're going to save that for <laughs> season two. giggity <laughs> gee. Yeah, so you're going to like uh, my, well, maybe you won't like it, but my quote, <laughs> <laughs> we'll touch on that at the end of the uh, at the end of the show. You know how much it costs a member to be in Scientology? Estimated lifetime? Not specific. I just know it's a lot of goddamn money. I don't know specific. A quarter of a million dollars, bro. It's estimated that somebody is going to have to give to Scientology to become a member. So what I heard is you pay some, you know, like for the in the beginning for some of the lessons or whatever mm-hmm. but then after that like the big bucks start getting dished out and then you're moving up right exactly. until you get to this ot level where i guess you're paying even more yes so the quarter of a million is like over a life over the, the life assuming that you stay in it 
Yeah, assuming that you st- and they, and that's surpassed. I mean, for certain people, yeah, they have different yeah, yeah. aspirations and they want to go even higher. So, and maybe they have the funding, you know, so they're able to 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 give a little more. But I bring that up because a lot of people in Scientology are blue collar people. You know, they may have aspirations to to you know be mm-hmm. in Hollywood. They may not because not everybody you know has the same dreams. But there are a lot of there there are people that. Hardworking people that just want a better life and they're searching for something. But now what what they find themselves in is in this quote unquote religion that is uh, exceeding a certain amount of financial support from them. And what a lot of these people do a lot of the times is now they're not vacationing. Now they're not going out to eat. You know, now they're consolidating and using one car and somebody's taking the bus to work. They're doing all these sacrifices in their personal life so they can make the payments to be in this in, in this freaking slam, you know? Mm-hmm. And Scientology is laughing all the way to the bank, dude. All the way to the bank. I think she said something that they have like a a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it was in something? the billions. Yeah, it was in the billion. I don't remember the exact number, but I heard B and I almost wanted to throw up. But, uh, that's ridiculous, man. I mean, for me, that's that's a major red flag. So yeah, man, I I just I think that's really fucked up because I'll, you know there's people that that are in Scientology or there's people that ha- are looking to to come into Scientology that don't have financial burdens and that's not an issue for them, but for the regular Joe Schmo, the backbone of the church, you know, which makes up because there's a lot less celebrities than there are regular people in there. You know, there's more mm-hmm. regular people in Scientology than there are celebrities. So for those regular people, it really puts them in a shitty situation. And then when you you know couple that with the separation within the family that, that, that they start creating. So uh, children go here, women go here, men go here. You're never seeing your family, you're never seeing your wife, you're mm-hmm. never seeing your spouse. Everything that, to me, it, instead of it bringing things together, it's it's creating more separation than anything else, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got to call bullshit on that, man. I agree. So um, I came across this term called Xenu. Okay. X-E-N-U. I think I heard it first in a documentary. Um, and this is apparently part of their whole, I'm just going to say theology, because I don't really know what the hell to call it, their whole story. Um, but apparently this Zeno thing is, is like a sacred um, uh, part of their, yeah, their theology. It isn't something that they just tell Joe Schmo who comes in off the, off the block. Um, you have to like reach a certain level to be privy to this information. Zenu oh. Z- was apparently... His, and you got to pay us $50,000. <laughs> Zenu was apparently, according to L. Ron Hubbard, the dictator of the, quote, galactic confederacy, end quote. Um, and this dictator apparently brought billions of his people to Earth, which um, L. Ron Hubbard said it was also known as Tigiak, the name of Earth, Tigiak, um, in some kind of spacecraft that for some strange reason looked like DC-8s. These are airplanes from like the 80s. <laughs> I don't know. Surprise, surprise. They imagine, you know, that's exactly what he was, you know, running around. Yeah. So <laughs> they, he, they brought all these people or this, this dictator brought all these people 75 million, million years ago to Earth and um, for some reason killed them all. With hydrogen bombs. And all of those people, you know, the all of Xenu's people who died, um, 
eventually they their spirits inhabited humans and so inside every human is some spirit which they call uh thetan or thetans uh, plural and uh as the story goes um the these these thetans that are inside of of the of humans bring with them memories dramatic memories from past lives and these memories these traumas that we all have inside us because of the because of these thetans are what cause us to misbehave and act the way we act you know instead of being good clear-headed you know all of the problems that we have mm-hmm. of our you know why we do the things we the mess up things we do is because of the impact of these memories that are inside of us and the goal of scientology is to clear those memories to get in contact with that thetan or thetans because actually in in the one interview i saw with leah she said that when she reached a certain level and they told her about this you're, there's apparently like many of these thetans inside one person it's not just like one thetan per person so their goal is to to clear all that out thereby i guess saving humanity so yeah <laughs> zenu i think that people are constantly on the search or some people i think some t- at some point in your life you reach a crossroad where you start questioning your existence Sometimes that happens a lot sooner. Sometimes that happens a lot later. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect recipe for somebody who's at that crossroad in their life. If they don't feel like they know what, what the true meaning of life is or, or the direction or what this is all about, this gives them something to believe in. I think everybody should just take some mushrooms and figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, humans are, like you said, looking... All, all, everyone is looking at some point in their life for something to give life meaning or at least to give their life meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people are kind of attached to or whatever is, is always different. Yeah, it depends on the person and mm. also probably where you are at that point in your life, whatever. Yeah. But where for one person, Catholicism might do it, you know, for another person, Catholicism won't do it, you know, um, they're looking for something, whatever, maybe less dogmatic, less religious, less whatever. And so here, this guy created a story that approaches it from a different direction. And of course, there are people who who feel like, you know what? I do like this sort of self-improvement aspect of this, you know? Because on the surface, it is very appealing. Yeah, and they don't tell you all mm-hmm. this craziness in the beginning either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, you're, this is what you're paying to learn apparently <laughs> yeah and then when you get to the point like like leah was telling she was interviewed by joe rogan as well mm-hmm. yeah? i saw that and one. uh and then she was telling that story about when she reached ot3 or whatever and how they took her to that room and then they this weird situation where she had this briefcase and with with the actual the truth you know and how when how how she reacted when she first read it and it was just yeah have you heard about the billion year contract yeah 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 they have to sign billion year contracts 
That should be your... <laughs> when they're kids in the Sea Org, there has to be some, you know, <laughs> there has to be some red flags. There has to be. I understand that on the surface, it's, talk, it's about making the world a better place. It's about self-improvement. But once you start getting into it and you see that it's creating separation, you see that it's going for your pocketbook, you see that they're making you sign a billion-year contract. We don't even live... Most of us passed the century. I I think again that it doesn't happen all in 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 that way, right? In so phases, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it happens in phases, and and when I think when they come in and they're they're they get to the point where they have to sign this contract, I think a lot of them are still under an illusion that they're working towards something good. They still don't know. I think at that point, a lot of these crazy stories that they believe in. And you know, I think there's something to the when you when you so there's like this range where there are things that when you hear them that they're exaggerated, it's like completely ridiculous, right? But if you go beyond that that range and just go like way off the deep end, like a billion year contract, I think there's something that someone who really be, wants to believe will say, "Damn, this there must be these guys are serious. Like this is serious." <laughs> If they're giving me billion-year contract, Yeah, yeah. They're not messing around with, you know, two-year contracts. This is a billion-year. It's a commitment. I think there's something this here. This is the type of shit I want to be into. It does the exact opposite of what it should do. Yeah. I want to ask you a question, Cynic. You have a family. You have a wife. You have a child. Yes, sir. How would you react if the church tells you, hey, listen, you got to disconnect from your wife? She's starting to ask too many questions. And she's not good for, for Scientology. She's not good for the world. You have to disconnect from her. Which is, this is things that they've asked several people to do. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times, a family will go in together. Somebody will start calling bullshit. That person will start speaking their mind. Which, in this a specific religion, if we want to call it that we speak of, that is very similar to other religions. Don't question us. Don't question the senior members. You know, don't go against the grain. Put your head down and, and, and believe. Right, so if your wife starts saying a uh, billion-year contract, that smells like bullshit to me. Yeah, you know um, what? We need to come up with ten thousand dollars for this next course. That's a little much, you know. Mm-hmm. So she starts, and they tell you, "Well, you know what? That's it. We." She's de- a subversive. She's a sub. <laughs> yes, we have. To- the church has decided. Okay, you are the chosen one, cynic. You are the chosen one. We love you, but here's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to disconnect from your wife because she's not seeing the light. And people yeah. actually do it, bro. Yeah, they do. They do. That is um, insane to me, man. It is insane, you know. But you have to remember, we're we're not indoctrinated into that, right? We're we're just we're living our normal lives on the outside. So I think that these people remember some of them are born into it. So they literally know nothing else. Yes. And then there are others who are who join it later, but I I I find it hard to believe that those kinds of policies or whatever are really thrown at people when they're when they're new in it. Because I think if they're not really indoctrinated yet, I think they would react the way we would react right now. But I think if they're drinking the Kool-Aid long enough, whether they join later or they're even worse if they grow up in it, 
I'm I'm sure they know better. I'm sure there's something inside them that tells them it's this is this doesn't seem right. But when that's all you know and everyone around you, I think it's you know it's that you mentioned it in what, last episode. I think Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. But just for for S and Gs and for people that don't know the abbreviation of that for shits and giggles, let's say that you were a family that was mm -hmm. like our parents put us into that. So now mm -hmm. we're second generation, right? I mean, you have to eventually meet somebody, so you meet your wife. Mm -hmm. And then your wife comes into it. But she wasn't bred like we were. But you love your wife. You have a family with her. You have, you know, you've created offspring. <laughs> this is somebody that you've made a vow to. This is somebody that you're going through life experiences with. And let's say that in the same situation you're in now, where you have the amount of time that you've been married, because it's not like you, you know, you just got into this. People in your yeah. same situation would turn and leave their wife. Yeah. Or even cut off their, their kids if their kids are, aren't drinking the Kool-Aid. Because if we're if, if if the reason that we're here is because or the reason that we're considering Scientology is because we want to be a part be a part of something bigger because we've come to a crossroads where, you know, we want to have more yeah. clarity as far as our existence and why we're here, why we've even been created. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's naive of me to say that. But I just, I don't see myself ever doing that. That's where I draw the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, it's one thing to, 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 to see it from our perspective now. I think it's another thing to be in it. And I, I, I just like you, I find it in, impossible to believe that I would do that. I know you wouldn't. But it's just a, a hypothetical. It's just a hypothetical because if you're not really in the situation, yeah. you don't really know what you will do. Yeah. Nah, bro. I get yeah, what you're I saying. Know, I, I know. Get, you I know you think you wouldn't. No. But I'm get, here to tell you, you don't know what you <laughs> would get, do. Bro, that's <laughs> where I draw the line, bro. You're not going to turn your back on your family? There's letters yeah, that they I make their family members write where sometimes if it's, let's say it's happened in this day and age where Facebook and social media are a thing. There's a there's been cases that I've seen in where the the mom would go on and be like, "Don't talk to Vanessa anymore," you know she, you know she's lost her way, and she's telling other people to don't talk to like Vanessa is her daughter, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. So Shelly's online. Shelly has a daughter named Vanessa, and Shelly's saying, "Don't talk to Vanessa no more." You know she's not understanding what this is about. She's lost her way. Um, we got to make sure that we create distance from her, like she's a stranger on the street. If yeah. anything is driving you to that point, we have to ask, is this what's best for me? And I know sometimes we may have shitty family. All right. I get that. You handle that accordingly. But we're assuming that at the very least, that's not the case. <laughs> you know, that you don't yeah. have, you don't have a shitty, you know, it doesn't make that, this, that decision easier, if you will. But Leah was talking about. When her mom first joined Scientology, her dad left at an early age. Her mom joined Scientology and started, you know, going to seminars and you know how they do, you know, little by little, she starts helping out. And very quickly, she was spending almost all her time at the church and she was never at home with, you know, her two daughters. I think she only has two kids, um, but from what I understand, her two daughters and what the church, how the church made sense of it was what well, you're doing, you're doing good work here. You know, you're saving the world here. So they'll be fine, but, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, first red flag right there. 
And then she's in it for so long that eventually she brings her kids into it, which is how Leah got into it. And Leah's grown up, you know, uh, grew up into, into Scientology from being an adolescent teen to, you know, becoming a, a famous actress in Hollywood and obviously being somebody who speaks against them. She says it like there's rankings in Scientology in different phases. And there's there's something called uh, Sea Org, which is where... Indoctrination. And I don't want to say brainwashing, but indoctrination sounds a lot better, yes. And this is some of the, the stuff where I started hearing where the, the manner in which they were living, you know, they were like, it wasn't clean. <laughs> it's like there's mm-hmm. roaches, rundown motels. There's a nice side of Scientology, which is where the big money is. Mm-hmm. There's an ugly side of Scientology as well, where they're not really looking out, you know, for their people. So I just found that very interesting because f- I, I can already see... From my point of view, once I hear Leah talk about that, how they're justifying her mom not being at home with her kids to cook them dinner, to help them with homework, to be a parent, you know, and and then how when she brought her daughters in, they, you know, again, separated them even more, sent her daughters here, had her mom working here, all for, the, you know, for the bigger cause. And if, if you see it, they're just they're just brainwashing you. They're setting you up. You know what what they're doing there is that they're getting comfortable. They're getting you comfortable with the idea of not always being with this person. Yeah. So if this person ever turns against the church, you cutting them off shouldn't be something that's because you've already been separated just because yeah, of your age. True. You know what I mean? That's a good point. That, that they're just they're just grooming you. So if Leah ever turns against the church like she has, well. We got to cut Leah off. And that shouldn't be hard because Leah's been off doing her own thing, you know, for, for 15 years now. And the other thing that they do that's also like insidious is is these knowledge reports. They have to like write each other up. And it doesn't matter who it is. Like you can you write up your daughter, your son, your mom, your dad. It doesn't matter. They, they're all like little narcs, you know, looking for anyone who does or says anything that might be you know, a little off color or whatever, and they have to actually write reports on the, on each other. And I think that's another way they create this separation. You're absolutely right. I made a note of that. It's they, they have these constant meetings where they have to confess. They even have to talk about their personal sex lives. They mm-hmm. force them, religion, they force them to talk about their personal sex lives. And while they're doing it, they're not really understanding why it's going on, but this is just the way, so we're going to do it. Maybe they feel like they're they're cleansing their souls by t- telling their dirt, by having these knowledge reports, by confessing, you know, um, adultery, whatever the case may be. But all they're doing is compiling evidence against them. All they're doing is is loading, you know, their guns. So to them, they're making it seem like, yeah, you're cleansing yourself of the wrong that you've been doing. So come and tell us everything. Mm-hmm. All right, so when you fucking realize that this is a a crock of shit, we're gonna say, well, this is who, yeah, this person is saying that Scientology is 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 a crock of shit. Well, let me tell you that this person cheated on her husband four times. You know, yeah. she smoked yeah. pot back in in two thousand. You know, this, that, and the other. She's lied. She's gambled. All they're doing is creating a portfolio portfolio against you to discredit you once you go against the church. It's master manipulation. Yeah, master manipulation. To like a whole nother level, bro. A whole nother level. It's it's sick. Definitely. Man. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know, man. It's freaking depressing. It's depressing on the one hand to see what they, like the power that they have amassed and the recognition that they've gained, you know, in certain countries like the U.S., you know, 
mm. you know, counting them as a real religion. But then also to see how unbelievably sheepish humans are or can be, you know, human psychology is so uh, so oh. fragile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I agree, Cynic. I agree, man. Another thing that I found interesting, um, I guess most of the listeners should know by now, I'm in Berlin. So I was curious about what Scientology is like here in Germany, mm -hmm. like how it's viewed and, and everything. And, and actually, on a side note, I used to work, this is uh, quite some years ago at this point, I used to work um, maybe a block and a half away from the German headquarters of Scientology because their, their headquarters is here in Berlin. And um, I remember going to lunch <laughs> and I would, I would sometimes walk by their building and they would have always the same, the same um, lady outside. And she would, you know, with a smile, try and get you to... I don't remember she was asking us. Did she hold out candy? <laughs> you want some candy, kids? <laughs> come inside and play. Uh, I think she was she was trying to get us to come in, actually. She would ask us, like, hey, how are you, whatever, and then ask us some kind of question to, to try and get us to come in, you know. And that was when their headquarters was fairly new. Like, it was fairly new, uh, built. And, yeah, for some reason, that, that, that always stuck in my head. Anyway, in Germany, um, unlike... Uh, in the U.S., they're looked at skeptically as hell. Like the government has straight up, if you go to their web, like to various government websites, I mean, they have like some kind of a, I don't know if, if it's a department or it's just an agency of the government or what, but there's some arm of it that actually looks out and kind of investigates and warns about sects. And these guys are on that list <laughs> you're talking about s-e-c-t-s -E yes yeah yes. A, a sect yes yeah. you know, plural and so there was some like investigative reports done this is already a few years a couple years ago where some some news outlet decided i guess they got a tip because what was happening was um there was this i don't think it exists in the states something called like a registered it's like an entity it's like a club It's a club, but it's officially registered, like with the government mm -hmm. as, you know, um, that it's, that's a very big thing here in Germany, you know. Um, and there was this kind of club, a registered club, that uh, basically was uh, going out into the public and talking about basically anti-drug. That mm -hmm. was their platform, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they would like set up in public spaces you know, with their their van there and their their materials, you know. And this this news agency was tipped off and told, hey, these guys who are out there giving these flyers out and talking about the dangers of drugs and whatever, they're actually, behind them is actually Scientology. And so these people wanted, the, the news agency wanted to know. So they went out there and they started looking at the materials and talking to the people, whatever. And eventually... Um, like one of the spokesperson, spokeswoman, women were, was saying, well, it's sponsored by Scientology, but it's, it's completely separate. It has nothing to do with the church kind of thing. Um, and then when she was asked, well, are you a Scientologist? You know, she had to ask twice because she kind of played like, uh, who, me? <laughs> she was like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a Scientologist. Are you talking to me? 
<laughs> so they followed these people around. I'm going to make this short uh, because I know I, I'm a little verbose sometimes. Um, <laughs> they followed these people around all over Germany. They would just sh- set up shop. but and, and, and they would try and basically lure in young people and teachers with this message of say no to drugs, the dangers of drugs, uh-huh. without telling any of them you know who's behind it right? which again cynic is a great cause like somebody telling you hey look live a healthy life don't go down that path on the surface is like well why would this be something bad why why wouldn't i look into something like this right yeah exactly so then they they get you in with that message which makes total sense and then if you want more information you can give them your name your address your phone number and now they got you because now they're going to start sending you materials right gotcha bitch <laughs> Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> um, so th- these guys were basically following them around, and then they saw that these that this group was using these weird, no, not weird. They were using these really cunning tactics. They were they were getting invited to schools to talk about their anti drug message, and they would go to schools. You know how it is in the states, right? How you have celebrities. Was this the Dare program? Yeah, basically, it's like the Dare program. <laughs> Uh, you know, in the States, they like to use celebrities yeah, for certain things. Yeah, for sure. So it was the same. They had some like famous BMX cyclist, bicycle dude from like, I don't know, somewhere, Czech Republic or something. They brought this dude over and he would so like the, he was the front of this. So mm-hmm. they, he would go to the schools with the little Scientology minions behind them. Yeah. And they would bring all their materials and then he would talk to the students and whatever. And they were trying to give out this material and get students to express interest. And that's how they're trying to get teachers and young people on board under the guise of, you know, drug free and all that stuff. And some of the schools obviously had no idea that these people. So later on, the news reporters would go to the school, talk to the administrators and sit down with them. And, and and they even spoke with a student and like, yeah, so what would you think about the the event and whatever? And they were like, yeah, it was positive. You know, it was anti-drugs and whatever. And then she says, okay. And then she takes out a flyer and says, look, this is who's behind it, you know. And the dude's mouth dropped. Because here, sects, S-E-C-T-S, <laughs> um, very, very, like as a, as a culture, they have very little like patience or love for it. You know, mm-hmm. if you just say the word immediately, it's like, no. It's a, and obviously, uh, okay. and obviously, being a school, he doesn't want to, parents to think that he's supporting that. Religion. So he, he he was totally caught off guard, you know. But the point is that they're they're sneaking into schools under this guise, and um, the last point is that one of the reporters interviewed the BMX dude, you know, the the BM uh, the the bikes the cyclist guy the 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 face of this, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he was pretending to like, I don't know if he really didn't know, but he was like, well, no, I, I didn't. I, for me, it was, you know, this anti-drug people. I didn't know the Scientology is behind it or not. I'm, I'm an actually I'm actually an atheist in my, you know, he says. And then they asked him, well, does it matter to you if Scientology is behind it? And he's like, well, not really. I mean, the message is good, so I don't really care. And they asked him, did you get paid for it? And he was again acting like. Uh, who me? <laughs> well, yeah, who me? <laughs> then he was like, "Well, yeah, we we have a deal," is what he said. And they were like, "You have a deal? Well, what deal?" And then he was like, "We have a deal," and that's where it stopped. That's mm-hmm. where he ended. Mm-hmm. Just to see the kind of tactics they they use or they're using here, 
but at the same time the 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 very the little love that 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 this country and even the government has for them they're not seen here as a religion not yet but it's being fought in the courts it's been in the courts i guess for some years anything that has to sneak in the back door and has to put on a front come on man like what are we yeah. doing here what are we believing in there has to be something that i and i get it i get it if somebody's searching for something bigger i understand i understand that personal spiritual journey that everybody is going through i get it but there still has to be a bullshit meter <laughs> you always have to have you know i and i know and you do bring up a good point it's easy to say that now it's mm -hmm. different when you're in it i mm. get that but i just i i would hope that i would never get into a situation where i'm so excited about the potential of what could be that i say you know what that bullshit meter i had i'm gonna throw it out the window you know and now i'm just gonna like believe blindly i hope i hope that i'm never in that situation man because that and i know we call it the bullshit meter but that intuition is really what it's all we have that gut feeling man you got to go by it once you you bypass that mentally and you say that's not important anymore i'm just gonna yeah. put my head down and follow that's when you find yourself in situations knee deep into shit like this yeah I agreed 100%. Swindling their way into to school, in the school system. That's some insidious shit right there. Bro. Preying on, on kids and teachers. Hey, you're, you're, you brought your second grade class over here, so well, here's a pamphlet. Yeah. And the funny thing is that in the when they first started doing that report, um, some of their, the pamphlets and materials actually did have on the backside like you know in the smaller print in fine print. they referred to scientology and elron hubbard mm. and then when they when they like followed up i don't know if it was a year or a couple of years later because they kept they kept doing their rounds at least setting up shop out in public mm -hmm. um they got a hold of some pamphlets and those and and those terms were removed from the pamphlets so they're they're like a virus they're learning mm -hmm. <laughs> you know they're trying stuff and they're learning it doesn't work and they adjust and they pull it back and they adjust because i'm sure them having that there had people ask questions so it wasn't as subtle as they wanted it to be mm -hmm. so then the new updated pamphlets you know what either that got a lot smaller or they took it out all altogether because they didn't want to risk being unmasked yeah that's um that's where they are today and with all that craziness that we just talked about, and with all that nonsense that all those red flags, um, I was talking to 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 my uh, my wife and son about it this morning at the at the table. I was like, I I kind of see this like like we're in that that moment in time where the where a cult is transitioning to become a religion, where potentially in a hundred years and 150 years it'll be some mainstream religion like we have today mainstream religion oh, that's scary you know man. there was a time when christianity was a cult you know where th that's how it started but over time through a lot of hit you know back and forth and battles and changing and adjusting and recruiting and whatever at some point they become an accepted religion and i think we're in the middle of that with scientology now where they may very well be yeah, they may very well be, if they can make it, you know, in 100, 150 years, 
talking about Scientology is like talking about Catholicism. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. You know? Oh my God. That's that's scary and um I hope not. I think the advantage that we have now is that we have things like digital media. That's true. You know, I think that 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 in itself is gonna make it a lot harder for people to forget about some of the shit that's coming out. But that could just be the naive side of me. Maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe we are witnessing those those beginning stages of something that will ultimately be recognized as a legitimate quote unquote religion. Well, I mean the, the you're you're right. The digital media is definitely acting like a watchdog on one side. Mm-hmm. But these dudes have money and they're savvy. They have yeah, money, they're bro. also using it to their advantage. To their so advantage. We'll see who wins. <laughs> I was thinking, man, when you made <laughs> when you made the point earlier about it being easy to to say in our shoes now, you know what we would do. Think about somebody who grew up in Scientology, right? That was born into it. Their parents were Scientologists or are Scientologists, so they were mm-hmm. bred into this system. Yeah. For for things to be coming out like they've come out now where people are calling bullshit on it. That must be a tough situation to be in, man. Because it's really, you know, it's... If you put yourself in their shoes, which I didn't do until you made that comment, it's everything that they they believe is right. Because imagine, man, being bred from day one into that. You would think that everybody thought like that. Until you got to a certain age, you understand that people have different beliefs. But at the very beginning, when they're... This is all you know, and this other... They're breeding you and they're grooming you. You would think everybody thought the way you're being taught because it's all you know. Yeah, it's all you know. And you don't have access to, you know, even once you get to an older age, you don't like once you become an adult, you could potentially get access, I assume. But you're not looking for it because everything that you've learned tells you that what you need is here, you know, Mm -hmm. and that stuff out there. It's going to get you, you know, written up in a knowledge report or some weird <laughs> shit, you know, or, or you're going to have to report on it on your own in your fucking debrief or whatever the hell yeah. they call their. I don't know what they so, call it. So, you know, Leah was saying it in one of her interviews and and she's right. It's like the the everyday people, the regular people are in there and doing the work that they think is actually going to help people. They truly believe that. I mean, this is coming from her, someone who was totally drinking the Kool-Aid. And Mm -hmm. it's what drove her. She thought she was doing the stuff that would help people and would help the planet. And those people, even if they're going out on the street and pretending to be against drugs, I won't even say pretending. Yeah. They really wouldn't deal with people that if you dealt with drugs, they wouldn't deal with you. So I think that's something they really stood for. But it was just how they were doing it, you know. I think you. we have to... Have a little sympathy for those people and separate those from the Tom Cruises and the Miscavages. Yeah, you know, the, I agree. Who, who know very well the bullshit agree, man. and are just taking advantage of everyone. Yeah, so, man. yeah. Those are the people that I feel for. Not that they want our pity. No. Because to them, they, they have, yeah, we're lost. So who are we to be like, oh, I feel bad for them, you know? They're like, <laughs> you're freaking, you're dirt beneath my shoe. But <laughs> I just, <laughs> you're freaking scum. But yeah, man, that must be tough, man. That must be tough. And I just, you know, I hope that uh, they find their way, man. I hope they find their way. I, guys, anything that is pretending or anything that is um, putting on a front that, 
it's to better the world and to better yourself and to better people, but it's creating isolation and it's not doing it with love and compassion, you need to question. And that's that that rule is is unbiased. You know, even to even to religions that we have and recognize today. Anything that's that's claiming to make you a better person or to make the world a better place, but is not doing it with doing, you know, starting with inner work and love being the basis of all that and togetherness. You really have to, I, for me, and I, I can speak on my side of the mic, you really have to start questioning. Are there evil people in the world? Yes. So obviously that applies where, 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 it, where it sees fit. You're not going to love a murderer, even though they, they say you still should. But I understand if you don't, you know, mm. I have trouble loving people that do bad things. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I just think we need to be, we need to be more aware. I think we should have a, a certain set of, uh, of morals that are non-negotiable, no matter who's asking, you know, I think if we yeah. go, go into things like that, you know, you're, you're able to, to protect yourself a lot better when it's all said and done. Yeah. Very good point. Very well said. I agree. 150%. You know, there was something that I, I just realized looking through through this list of um, places where Scientology is, cons- is considered a religion. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of, of European countries don't recognize them as a, as a religion. Europe does but, it again. Good job, U.S. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far, all the countries that I've read so far do not. They're all like bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit. U.S. tax exemption. <laughs> ching, ching. <laughs> yeah, but in the U.S. and Canada, it is. Things that make you go, hmm. And it's funny because we spoke about this off-air. Headquarters, at, the, at least for the U.S. sector or sect, is right here in Clearwater, Florida. That's funny. You're you're like 20 minutes from the U.S. headquarters I'm, or the world headquarters. I'm 20 minutes from the German. So, guys, if we don't come back for season two, that means they got us. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, someone's knocking on the door. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm like, go ahead. Answer it, bro. (laughs) They're They're here. here. They're going to, if this never gets aired, guys, if this is on the black tapes, (laughs) lost files, you know that they got us. We're suppressive. We are suppressive individuals. Their creator writes fucking fiction stories, bro. The creator of this whole thing writes make-believe stories. (laughs) Let that sink in. Fucking War of Worlds and shit. Now, he didn't write that, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this, is, this is our Messiah? A guy that creates stories? Yeah, I also don't, I also don't, don't get it. But, and then decides he's going to create a religion. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Out of what those are we stories. <laughs> and then we're going to drain you dry financially. Some people don't make a quarter of a million dollars in their lifetime. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Ah, you know what I also heard? It was also funny. It was the last thing that I, <laughs> I think that I that I have. So they used to have like an upper level, right? Mm-hmm. I guess it was OT eight was their upper level, like their 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 mm-hmm. cap, like as high as you could go. And if the boldness of L. Ron Hubbard wasn't enough to create this myth and you know just pull it out of his ass, and the boldness of this guy mis miscarriage miscarriage or whatever bigger balls miscarry (laughs) this dude comes out and says that he found some (laughs) some lost or hidden documents yeah 
Yeah, some scrolls <laughs> that, that that show that there are more levels. So guess what? You guys can keep on going and keep on keep paying on us, money. us money. Exactly. <laughs> Man, the balls on that dude it must be huge. He is a creepy guy. I think for this episode, we should have his picture as the <laughs> instead of the no stone and turn logo. That's a great idea. We'll really end up six feet on the ground if we do that. But like, oh, we got this humble little podcast <laughs> talking shit. Let's go ruin their lives like we ruin our own people's lives. When they go against us. <laughs> what do you think they'll do to us if they do that to them? Because they, they like literally will ruin your life. They will go after you professionally. They will attack your integrity. They will have your own family yeah. turn against you. What do you think they'll do to us for people that, <laughs> that aren't even, haven't even contributed a dollar? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because, I mean, there are a lot of people, right, who, are, who, who hate them and talk trash about them and whatever. I think... They do more to the people who leave their own they know more about them. ranks mm. because they know yeah. about them, right? They have more uh, on mm. them, you know, uh, to go after just a regular citizen. I mean, I'm, I'm not scared. Come get it. <laughs> Come, Come get, get some, bro. All right, guys, I think that's a rapi rapi, rapperoonie. That's a rapperoonie. And um, before we actually close out, maybe we should tell them a little bit more about what to expect in season two. And we also need to hit them with that quote. Oh, yeah. I got that quote lined up for you. <laughs> so what can they expect on in this uh, new and improved so, season two that we're bringing to Toon City? We're looking at bringing in a new, some new, we'll, we'll make some changes to the format, slight changes to the format. We're going to bring in, a, we're going to add a segment. A recurring segment, mm-hmm. so stay tuned for that. So that's going to be uh, interesting. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. It's going to be fun. That's true. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm also looking forward to the other big thing that we're going to to start doing, which is bringing on guests. We're going to do our best to get some interesting guests for the relevant mm-hmm. topics, um, and. Uh, Start introducing that in season two. Another thing we're doing, Cynic, is that we're also doing a uh, recurring paranormal episode. That's right. Once we, a month. Uh, we're, we're planning to bring that back once a month. We'll have a, an episode on something paranormal. We had a great response on this one, so got to give the people what they want. Exactly. And that, that will include also mm-hmm. guests if, we, if they are good. Hey, guys, if they make the cut, you only <laughs> get the best, okay? If they make the cut, they come on. I right? forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's going to be really cool too. So season two, uh, I think we're I can speak for both of us. We're really looking forward to it. Um, after taking a, a a break, which that brings me to the next point. So, like I said, this is the last one for episode uh, season one, and um, we'll be back in August. You know, we'll, we'll check in with everybody, obviously, and let you know exactly when when it gets a bit closer to the date. We'll also be dropping, I think, a little interesting bonus best of. Uh, Frank has something planned for Got you. Got something people. up my sleeve, guys. We'll keep you. We'll keep you plugged in. Yeah. So, um, thanks again uh, from from my side. Likewise. To everyone who's who's been listening and giving us feedback and sticking with us. Like I said at the beginning, you guys are day ones, and um, we're excited for where this is going to go. So far, it looks like we're on the right track. And uh, we won't we won't forget our humble beginnings. Yeah, 
The OGs. <laughs> so uh, you ready for the quote? I I'm going to attribute this to Joe Rogan. However, a caveat is it might be that he has it from someone else. It wasn't clear when he said it. Okay. <laughs> I heard him say it twice, and on one occasion. He made it seem like he got it from somewhere else. And on another occasion, he made it seem like he just used it in one of his, uh, in his uh, one of his uh, skits or stand-ups or whatever. So he says, "This is a quote. You know what the difference between a cult and a religion is? Let me get it. A cult is bullshit, and it's created by one person who knows it's bullshit. In a religion, that guy is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Man, piece of hair grease." <laughs> is it is it pretty spot on? We'll let you make that decision, people. <laughs> My guy Joe is a well of knowledge. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Y'all take care out there. Take care of yourselves. Uh, stay corona-free for as long as you yes. can. Wear your mask in public. You know, Dave Matthews. <laughs> Dave Matthews said something cynic. And he, he just has a great way of simplifying things. And he says... You know, I'm more comfortable without pants, you know, but I'm going to wear pants in public, not for me, but for other people. And it's very similar to the mask. We understand that sometimes it may be uncomfortable, but you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for other people. Dave said that and it made a lot of sense to me. And I understand the mask can be uncomfortable sometimes. I understand that between that and some people thinking it's bullshit. You're like, why should I wear a mask? But just if you don't do it for yourself, do it for other people. Do you think Cynic, and this is bonus track time, bonus, bonus, bonus track. <laughs> Do you think that the mask will become ultimately a new way of life for us? Do you think it would ever be gone, eradicated? Because I remember always seeing like the Asian culture. I would always see them with masks. Mm -hmm. Even here in the States, I would see them with masks. Before this, any of this mm -hmm. came out, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I just, I, I don't know if, if this, I don't know if this, is, this way of life is ever going to ultimately just kind of vanish you think that things would be mass free one day i uh, i think i think well maybe at some point down the road it depends i think a lot on how this vaccine shit plays out they're, <laughs> they're they're starting to match masks with outfits now yeah i know i know and people are as soon as the mask thing became a thing people were individualizing their masks because you know we don't have to go into it i don't like human beings so let's just stop there <laughs> That, <laughs> they call him cynic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it depends on, on how it plays out. You know, if it ends up being like, let's say like a flu, where it's like, okay, you know, people can get some kind of shot for it and people know that they can mostly survive from it, then maybe it goes away. Mm -hmm. um, if it if it remains the kind of threat it is now, it might it might be that we'll, we'll always have at least some people who are just like, you know what? It ain't worth it. And they just have a mask on all the time. That's crazy. We'll, we'll see, see, man. We'll see. All right, people. It's time to get the we hell out of here. here. Take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks for hanging tight, guys. This is the end of season one. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. We're definitely excited to come back. Choose. Peace.
Peace and hair grease.